if you keep a low profile and no, and, and generally speaking, they don't know what your political attitude is, you're, you're okay. And if you're known to be a liberal, you're protected. They won't come after you with disciplinary charges, okay? But if you're known as a conservative or Christian, they come after you. I mean, or, or they'll find an excuse to come after you. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. I'm your host, Alex Newman. We have a very special guest with us today, Diane Gruber. She is a retired attorney, and she's got a fascinating story uh, involving attorneying and, and uh, the legal profession and the bar. Uh, she also does uh, an extraordinary substack, which I, I read uh, regularly. It's great. And she's a founding member of the Peninsula Patriots, Long Beach, uh, Washington, JBS chapter. Uh, Diane, welcome to the program. Uh, I want to start off with uh, what really caught my attention. You had a battle with the Oregon State Bar Association, uh, went into the courts, and uh, I guess they, they came after you for um, for a number of reasons. Talk about that battle and uh, what happened. Okay, well, let me, I, I have to go back a little bit. Uh, about 20 years ago, the uh, hard left had so gripped the Oregon State Bar. They took ownership of the Oregon State Bar in 2001, and I mean this literally, and they've only gotten worse since then. Uh, they started this indoctrination mandate that if, and if you wanted to keep your law license in the state of Oregon, you had to take diversity uh, indoctrination periodically. And um, they now call it diversity, equity, and inclusion. But anyway, it was, it was diversity indoctrination. Well, that's probably when I first got the uh, target on my back because I thought, well, no, no, this is the, no, no. So I, I um, uh, ran for the Oregon State Bar House of Delegates and was elected. And to make a long story short, I was very successful in putting together a, a bill or a, a, a ballot measure that could get out to all the 13,000 plus Oregon attorneys to get rid of this diversity indoctrination poppycock. Okay, that they snuck in behind our backs. 67% voted, get rid of that, that, get rid of it. Okay. And that's when the target got on my back. Now, did they get rid of it? No, because the bar is owned by the hard left. And so they said they basically gave the royal finger to um, the bar membership. Okay. And anyway, that's when I, the target got on my back and, you know, I was, labeled a racist and you know i don't care it, it, it's just ridiculous okay fast forward in uh 2017 i wrote an op-ed for the oregonian basically it was just talking about how um the uh democrats went nutso <laughs> when, when um when trump was elected they lost their minds okay well that's that was when um Two, I think it was, anyway, four bar complaints came in at me. Two were from attorneys about this article. And by that time I was writing for several blogs, a couple other uh, bar complaints came in um, because of articles I'd written. And I want your, your, your audience to understand, the Oregon State Bar has no jurisdiction over the attorneys in what they do in their private life. It's only what they do as a lawyer, okay? Now, if you are convicted of a crime, then yes, you lose your license. But other than that, you can do what you want in your private life. 
but that didn't stop them. They came after me to make an example of me. Now, I wasn't super worried to be candid. I kind of just laughed it off because I knew I'd be retiring shortly. And I didn't retire in January 2020. But anyway, they, they came after me to make an example of me. Eventually, they dropped them all because they had no jurisdiction. And that is not why I filed a lawsuit against them. Okay. There are two, currently there are two lawsuits. I'm in uh, Gruber versus, and Runnels versus Oregon State Bar. And then there's another lawsuit, Grow et al. versus Oregon State Bar. These two lawsuits are based on an April 2018, uh, how do I say this? In their monthly magazine in April, they had a two-page thread where they uh, spread two pages where they basically said anybody, any attorney that supports Trump better keep their mouth shut or their license is in jeopardy. They threatened this. They threatened all Oregon attorneys, basically, is what they did. Well, that's illegal. That's unconstitutional. The Oregon State, excuse me, the U.S. Supreme Court in 1991 in Keller versus the State Bar of California ruled that that's illegal. You can't be met. Uh, mandatory bars cannot cannot um, be political. <laughs> of course, the Oregon State Bar has been political for decades now. But um, anyway, that's what the lawsuit is based on. My lawsuit and the other lawsuits are basically based on the fact that they're not allowed to be political and they're certainly not allowed to threaten attorneys to lose their license because they hold a certain political view or whatever. And um, it's, uh, we, you know, I've got a civil rights attorney that filed it and so forth. And I've and uh, he said nothing will happen. So far, it's been kicked out of court, kicked out of court. You know, Oregon is owned by the, the courts in Oregon are owned by the loony left too. But he expects it to work its way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And if when the, if the court takes certiorari on it and we win, it will shut down all the mandatory bars in every state in the United States. Wait, let, let me see if I, Diane, let me, let me, you just said something explosive. I want to make sure I understood it correctly. If you win on this case, it would shut down the mandatory state bar associations in every state? Yes. Not every state has a mandatory bar. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't know. About half, half have mandatory. In other words, you have to be a member of the bar in a given state. To be Washington, able to practice Oregon, law. California have mandatory bar associations. And so to be able to practice law, you have to be able to join the bar. And oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. And, so and you have to follow all their stupid rules, even though they're even though many of their many of their rules are, are, are illegal, unconstitutional because they're political rules. That's amazing. Um, so this this is amazing, here. Diane. I, I didn't yeah. know a lot of this. I, I, I actually thought you had to be in the bar in every state to be able to practice law. But I guess that's not correct. huh? No. OK. So wow. I, I'm not real clear on that, but certain. Uh, some states just handle it as um, uh, you pay a little bit of a fee just to maintain a disciplinary uh, process in case uh, to protect the public from bad attorneys or dishonest attorneys. But there's no or organization. Oh, our dues were like altogether like 5000 a year. Oh, we, we supported this humongous, humongous organization. It didn't matter whether you agreed what they were doing or not. You couldn't make your living unless you, you know. And so they use that then, it sounds like, to make sure that there are no conservative attorneys who can stand up for conservatives who are being targeted. Oh, you targeted. better keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And long ago, the Oregon Department of Justice filtered out anybody, any conservative or Christian attorney. There's nobody working for them. 
maybe 20 years ago, there were Christians and conservatives, but not anymore. That is you'll never amazing. get promoted. You'll be harassed. You'll be ostracized. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad in absolutely Oregon. absolutely amazing. Really bad. Um, yeah. Wow. And what, what about, uh, do you know anything about the bars in the other state? I mean, I can't imagine they're as bad as Oregon, but are, are other state bars doing the same thing, trying to uh, weed out conservative attorneys and force attorneys into these dumb training programs and things? I don't know about the, the training nonsense, the, the indoctrination, leftist indoctrination, but I know I'm sure I, I'm positive that California is probably ahead of Oregon in their lunacy and their liberal lunacy, because wow. 20 odd years ago, they were licensing felons. Excuse me, felons. Yeah. Amazing. Who had served their time, et cetera, et cetera. Oregon now, I don't know if Oregon licensed felons yet. But they started licensing illegal aliens about a decade ago. So where is the respect for law and order, the rule of law? If the very attorney who has a license doesn't respect the rule of law. I mean, where are we in that? That's amazing. You know, Diana, I, I want to talk more about this uh, on the other side of the break. This is so huge. And this is stuff that I didn't know about. And I'm guessing very few oh, of our right. viewers and listeners know. So yeah. folks, stay with us. We're going to be right back on the other side of this break with more from Diane Gruber. Hi, I'm Alan Keyes. I'm the host of IMTV's uh, daily talk show about uh, news and events in America. And I want to say a good word for the New American Magazine. New American Magazine represents a alternative media that is willing to tell people the truth. Reading New American Magazine can keep you up to the minute on the issues that are challenging us as a people. Visit thenewamerican.com today. Use the promo code NEWMAN to get $10 off the price of a print subscription. Welcome back to Conversations That Matter. Our guest today, Diane Gruber, uh, uh, extraordinary attorney, uh, retired attorney now. And so now she can speak out about the madness that was going on in Oregon. Uh, truly incredible. Uh, I'm flabbergasted. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's hard to surprise me anymore. Uh, Diane, thank you for staying with us over that break. Um, Diane, we, when we went to break, we were talking about, you know, this use of bar associations to uh, try to prune out or weed out attorneys who don't toe the party line. Um, you know, how do we prevent this from happening in other states? I mean, uh, obviously, some of the left coast states are already doing this for sure. Uh, I'm sure some of the liberal East Coast states. But uh, how do we try to prevent that even in conservative states from having uh, the misuse of bar associations? Oh, I, I can't answer that. All I know is what happened in Oregon. I uh, was, I graduated from Lewis and Clark Law School in Portland, uh, Oregon in 1986. My classmate was Governor Kate Brown. She's the governor that just left uh, in January. And uh, I literally watched the progression of just a regulatory, the bar was just a regulatory organization that would that protected the public from bad attorneys that's that's the that's the that is the core purpose of ha even having a bar association period end of subject okay a way to get rid of attorneys that i don't know steal money from their clients or they 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 fail to show up on trial date and cost the client the case you know there could be many many uh, uh reasons for disciplining an attorney but I watched it grow from that into a behemoth organization owned by the hardcore left. And I mean, hardcore. 
Okay, we're not talking soft liberalism here or progressivism, hardcore. And um, so, yes, they're, they're a, a, have been abusing and over disciplining any attorneys that are, are, are uh, if you keep a low profile and, no, and, and generally speaking, they don't know what your political attitude is, you're, you're okay. And if you're known to be a liberal, you're protected. They won't come after you with disciplinary charges, okay? But if you're known as a conservative or Christian, they come after you. I mean, or, or they'll find an excuse to come after you. But also partly what's going on too is as time goes on, uh, students that come out of law school aren't stupid when they're deciding where to practice law and where to take the bar exam and, and, and um, you know, enter the, the practice of law. They look around and, and they're not going to, no, no. Anybody with any sanity is not going to want to be involved with the Oregon State Bar. And it was really funny because I just happened to stumble upon the um, monthly magazine they put out every month. Just a few weeks ago, they had an article lamenting for the first time that bar applications are going down. You know, they started going down like three years ago or whatever, and they blamed it on COVID. But they're continuing to go down. And then, of course, people retire and they die and they so forth. And they can't figure out why. And and they went through all these reasonings. You know, okay, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Never once did they say in that article, perhaps it's because we've become such a bastion of hate, liberalism and hate toward anybody with, that has a free thought in their head that younger attorneys, you know, they're going to start their practice somewhere else. I mean, they nowhere in that whole, I mean, I laughed when I read that thing. So I, you know, and I don't know what other bars are doing. Um, uh, are you, do you know what cow is COW? No. COW. Oh, California, Oregon, and Washington. Oh, okay. Because they're all, they all do the same thing. They piggyback off of each other's horrible ideas, it, it, whether it's in legislation in the in the state houses or whatever. So I I feel pretty confident that these three bar associations are just as full of just many fruitcakes as Oregon is. Washington, Oregon, Washington, California has to be as bad, if not worse, than than, uh, than uh, Oregon. I mean, they may even be further down the rat hole into the cesspool. I I don't know. It's actually terrifying, Diane. I mean, I don't know how a conservative who's being persecuted could expect to find justice yeah. if he can't even find an attorney that uh, might come in, even kind of remotely share his political beliefs. Or, or I mean, this is just absolutely well, terrifying. Were, well, the thing about it. OK. All right. Let me tell you a couple of things. Two attorneys in 2020. Vandal, along with the rioting, we had eight, five months of rioting in downtown Portland. Five months, because the governor, my law school buddy, class, excuse me, classmate, okay, mm -hmm. she refused to send in the National Guard. So we had five, and the and and the mayor was a Looney Tunes uh, Marxist also. We had five months of, of rioting in downtown Portland. Well, in July, they end of June and July, 2020, they hit the federal courthouse building, the, a building I watched being built. Uh, back in the early 90s, a beautiful structure. Well, two of the rioters were attorneys. They still have their law licenses. Excuse me, 
if a conservative had say, oh, let's say vandalized an abortion clinic, by the time that conservative or pro-life or whatever you want to call them, by the time they got out of released on bond, there would be a bar, a disciplinary bar complaint in the in basket in their email, trying to disbar them even before yeah. they were convicted. Okay. Number two, we just had a trial here. It was a civil trial where um Andy and Joe, I was gonna ask you about uh, and I've met Andy, bless his heart, I've written about him. I Long story. He okay. He filed a civil complaint against two of the um, uh, Antifa thugs, right? Yeah. Okay. And yep. the jury, which is like having a jury in D.C., he never had a chance in Portland because ninety percent of them are Democrats, and they keep reelecting and electing and reelecting Marxists, and that's why Portland has become the the. the I'm sorry, I was about to say a bad word. The cesspool <laughs> it is. Okay. No, I mean it's just getting much worse. Okay. Get this, the attorney for one of the Antifa thugs, so by the way, Portland gave birth to Antifa in 2007. Okay, yeah, the Portland political establishment loves Antifa, okay. One of the attorneys in the trial threatened the jury. She still has her law license. Now, granted, that was just a week ago, but they're not gonna I do anything. Threatened the jury. Yeah, I said I know where you live, or I'm gonna remember your faces, or something like that, huh? Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, right. That's threatening the jury. Yeah, which yeah, in a so, normal place would be called jury tampering and would be considered a criminal offense, yeah. huh? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's just amazing. I mean, I can remember 30 years ago somebody that I knew said said something inappropriate during a jury trial. Didn't threaten the jury, but inappropriate. And uh, and the judge hauled her off in contempt or something. She spent the night in jail. And then the next day, the Oregon State Bar started disciplinary pro uh, proceedings against her. It had nothing to do with politics. It was an unpolitical type of uh, jury trial. But it used to be, no. You had, it, there were certain standards expected of any attorney, for regardless of who you represented. You know, but anyway, that's, I mean, I, I just... I, I, that just blows my mind, threatening the jury. I can't even, I didn't do criminal law, but I can't even wrap my head around that. Why she wasn't hauled out of there on contempt charges by the judge. I, I It makes no sense to me. Uh, maybe the judge is a Pantifa sympathizer too. Huh? Uh, Diane, we are pretty much out of time, but um, uh, before we let you go, uh, how can people follow your work and, and when can we learn more about the, whether the Supreme Court is going to take this case? How do we follow that? Is that just sign up for your Substack? Uh, sign up for my Substack, please. Um, I it's Diane L. Gruber, or um, I have a name for my for my newsletter. It's America First Reignited, and nothing's happening in my case against the bar right now. But at some point, as as the things progress, I'll be writing about it. Something exciting starts, like a certiorari in the the U.S. Supreme Court. I, I'll be writing about it. But I write about a lot of different things. Whatever strikes me as is, is, is an abuse of the... Uh, a matter of fact, I'll be writing about uh, this Andy No trial. Or not so much the trial per se, but I'll be writing about Antifa thugs and their thuggish attorneys. I mean, this is beyond the pale, what, you know, kind of thing. So, so yeah, I do a lot of different things. It's just um, whatever strikes me as wrong and people need to know about... Uh, 
I write about that. Yeah. Like, wow. like, the, FBI, like the FBI murdering that old man in Utah. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I, I'm a subscriber to your Substack. It's very oh. good. You've got you know CBDCs and all kinds of great stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Diane. Uh, we thank will you. keep the folks updated on this case. Thank you for fighting the good fight, and uh, we really You're appreciate welcome. it. You're Alrighty, welcome. Folks. Nice to talk to you, Alex. You too. Thanks, Diane. All righty, folks. That was Diane Gruber. Uh, folks, if you live in Oregon or any of the Cal states, send this out there. Folks, this is a huge, huge issue that I, until very recently, wasn't even aware of. So get this out there. Get this to your legislators, To get this to your local congressmen. Uh, somebody has to do something about this. This is unacceptable. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman. This is Conversations That Matter for the New American Magazine. Until next time, God bless you all.